Small talk. Imani McCray. What's good, everybody? Small talk. Great to be here. I like the spice, yo. We're back. We're back. We're back. Under the lights. This is a whole different vibe than if we were talking like in the past. Like this whole light set up. This whole studio. It's nice. It's a little extra. Just a little. Moving on up. Exactly. Onward. <laughs> yeah. Onward and upward, brother. Yeah. Well, brother, we just want to say welcome back. We we know like you've been gone the whole the whole summer. We just want to say thank you for returning safe to us, and just glad to have to have you here with us today, man. Appreciate it's it. a lot to have you. Yeah, it was a crazy summer. We all had to do some adjusting, but yeah, glad to be back. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Everyone else is, you know, we all seem safe. We're all accounted for. Yes. Cool. Cool. Thank God. <laughs> it's wild. A lot of people's lives are changing. Absolutely, they are. No. Changing facts. Randomly. What's heading? No, that's Our big way. old facts. Yeah. Who knows where it's heading? Yo, that's kind of the fun of it, though. I don't mind waking up every day like, what the fuck is about to happen? Right. How do I adjust? Just kind of see what's going on and then keep keeping the whatever, whatever I can do to get through the day. And like, no, you you acknowledge all the, all like the terrible things happening. And you're just like, damn, I gotta continue to wake up in this this world. But mm-hmm. hopefully, we can make it a little bit better today. A little bit better. This is gonna be that one click on a news feed that changes it. It's gonna be like, oh, breaking news! This epic shit happened, and that's when we gotta be ready. Right, right now, this is this, even though it's a little crazy. This kind of feels like the calm for this one. Even like our conversations last week we had opened up a whole new like way of what like I thought of from the outward like perception and I was like we really are living in a wild time. Yeah. And you really found yourself in the thick of it this summer. Do you want to talk about it at all? Yeah. Because I thought it was really powerful like what you were up doing and what you were able to capture up there. No, honestly it was a New York was wild, correct, good words, good words. But it was also like a mad coincidence that I ended up being there as everything popped off. Because I was there doing like um, COVID relief before. So it went, it was a completely dead city. Only time you saw a lot of people were when they were coming to get food, like so they could eat and feed themselves and their families. And then to go from that to protesting every day, nonstop people on the streets showing how much they give a fuck. It was completely different. You really had a day and a night. No, no, the duality on that. How many hours of sleep were you working with? (laughs) I know, a good protest could go from like, I get off work around like four or five, jump in my van, whip over to Brooklyn, uh, no, whip over to Manhattan, and we protest till like five the next day, sleep at the camp, like sleep in a van find somewhere to bunker down, but at some point it didn't even like, sleep wasn't the objective at that point. Mm-hmm. I think there was just so much momentum and energy. Mm-hmm. It was like, how do I become part of this? There were definitely days where you crashed, but like, nah, more of it was like, I'm here. I'm fortunate enough to be here, because like, I know we all, our world is our world, I guess. So like when we're in it, we're like, oh, it's kind of hard to realize there's other stuff happening outside of that. But yeah, there was so much happening outside of that, but I was just consumed with what was happening there. And I was dope. New York was crazy. It was a, felt like living in the 60s with better technology. Okay. Yeah, I 
support working and thing. everything, yeah. Right. Everyone joining together on the causes that they're passionate about. That's great. It really it feels like another wave of that movement. Yeah, definitely. Right now. Freedom is a progression. Feels like that, yeah. Um, it has to keep happening. Definitely miss being there now, especially with everything. Like we all we know that police brutality doesn't stop. But with the most recent shootings and seeing everyone reignite. Oh yeah, wish I was still there. But we're all helping in our own ways. I think that's the biggest thing right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess for everyone too, because not like not all of us are in New York, right? Trying to figure out how, even if you're not there, how you can contribute yourself best. I guess. What is one way that like you want to help contribute, like, like here in like the community, and then also in the world? Here in the community. Hmm. I don't know, that's a hard, not really. Here in the community, I think it would be a lot more, uh, we would have a lot more momentum if school was still in and we didn't have COVID running rapid. But like Greenville is kind of a transitional place. A lot of people come here to go to university and leave or come back here or this like transitional. Um, so it's hard to like really build a community around so I guess trying to figure out some way that Greenville doesn't feel like it's out of the way. It's like, you guys have been here. We've all been here for the last couple of years. Yeah. There's a lot of talent, a lot of people working hard. No reason that can't still be happening or shouldn't still be happening. Right now. Uh, in the world, whew, that's a hard one. It'd be great to get my images out there more when I've been documenting just because I feel like the media doesn't really show that side of the narrative so it would be great to be able to do that I don't know and just get people personally invested in a cause it doesn't have to be Black Lives Matter but a positive cause mm. as long as you're a united front and man movement yes trying to get the river stream flowing in one direction to the ocean map. We don't enough. need the other tributaries and all the side chains. Mm -hmm. We don't need that. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be cool. Like, even if Black Lives Matter isn't your movement right now, personally, the, there's probably a movement that you are passionate about. So, you know, if we're all supporting each other and moving towards a positive future. We need there's to room support for love. We need to yeah. really support that. There's not enough in, in like this world. Right, you know, support love. Fuck hate. Fuck hate. hate. Push each other up, not down. Exactly. <laughs> Help each other up. Hey, extend a hand instead of put. I don't know. Something like that. No, no. We need a, little, a lot more teamwork. I don't know. I feel like the reason teamwork goes for shit is because when I mean, you don't get to choose your team, not everyone's fully invested in the same way. So you can have some MVPs on your team that get drained from trying to carry everyone else. And I feel like that might happen a lot. Like, even in the music world, you guys are constantly pushing at a frequency that's higher than other people. And they can get intimidated or they get left behind. Did, did like you form a team whenever you were up in New York? Like, did you have like a certain squad that like, you rolled with no, to all, all these protests? Yeah, yeah. Like, not. Uh, 
didn't roll with them to it, but you definitely like after one, two, three, you started to notice the faces that were there and it wasn't a hobby for them. And the photography community out there and the uh, protester community out there is just super tight. Like they were very inviting, welcomed me in, um, still tight with them now and just watching them go at it day after day, it's amazing. But they also were like, they pushed me to make my photography better. Photography is semi new to me. And like being out there with all these other photographers that know all this shit, like asking questions and getting feedback and having that felt really good. It felt like um, sort of like an intense, photo like a photography intensive or something. Oh, that's like really that. cool. It's cool that they shared the knowledge with you. I don't know, yeah. Everyone was uh, pretty lit. What was like the age range of people out there? Like, it was definitely the millennials were holding it down. I would say, as far as organizing, like. 25, 23 to 27, we're holding that down. And then Let's as far as like go. energy and voice and being out there, they definitely had like a 19 to 24 range there. Like there were some that is out there. beautiful. That's really cool. The youth fire. is the future. No facts. We gotta make sure they that they see the light, that they see the truth, that they see the love, because goddamn, if I, like we fuck them up, they're gonna fuck up the world. No, it was amazing seeing how many, you know, white youths are out there acknowledging the traumas and hurt, like, afflictions of their ancestors. And like, yo, I'm sorry, like, that shit is fucked up, and they're not shying away from it. I think that acknowledgement is a good first step. Yeah. Huge, huge. And I feel like every generation has always pushed the problems off to the next one. And like I've talked with my mother and I've been like, I feel like it's time for us to really stand up and actually fix some problems that y'all have pushed onto us from like the 60s, from like the Cold War era, all that, like, uh, like civil rights and everything like that. Like, we have to handle this now. We have to get everyone in check we gotta tell the world that like we're not gonna be avoiding our problems mm -hmm. at every generation it's not for our kids or like our grandkids to worry about the problems that in this nation we need to resolve them now mm -hmm. too long mm. I mean, it honestly feels like this is the last time we really get the chance to. there's not many more years left in the world it seems like with the rate we're going there's all if it wasn't you know COVID is the key example but if it wasn't COVID, we still have uh, volcanic eruptions happening constantly, um, hurricanes, yeah. inclement weather, weather. Everything's getting All worse. of our natural disasters are just rising. They're yeah. getting worse and worse. Like all like uh, the earthquakes that we've been having, even on the East Coast now, like we never had those 10 to 10 years ago. No. And now we had one in, what was that, Raleigh and Greensboro had like the tremors? Like, I'm not surprised. I'm shit at geography, but I remember my geography teacher saying something about how like the world goes through like natural cycles where the poles will shift and um, they called it like errors or dynasties or something like that, but it was just terrastic. Yeah, they were breaking down like when significant bodies or organisms lived on the planet. And she was saying, even though the earth has gone through like six, six, seven or eight of these cycles right now, they're supposed to happen in like a pretty scheduled rate due to humans, like we're speeding up the Earth's rotational cycle where, we're, where it's supposed to like 
kill off what's there so I can start anew. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Don't put, again, I'm shit at geography, and I didn't like my teacher for shit, but I thought that was pretty cool. I, was, I like that. That was good. I, I'm going to have to do, to do some research on that one. Looking it up. I mean, shit, if we got to thin out the herd. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the herd's been thinning for all year at this point. Oh, my God. They've been thinning, like, Mother Nature's cruel. She started with the old people. Now that like babies get it, like, coming for them. My friend's she got old cat people, got it. sick people. What? Yeah, my friend's cat got it. I th- I didn't believe that when I saw that animals could get it. That's what they're saying. It's real. Alexis, your cat has COVID. <laughs> yeah, but, but real talk. Like, and now they're saying that like younger and younger people are dying from it. Like my mom, she works with this chick at her job, and her. The, the chick's boyfriend died the other day in the like at the hospital. He had asthma. Went in. They took too long to see him, and he like went into the bathroom, just sat down in the stall and died. Holy shit! And I'm not sure if that's COVID related. But, like he was mad young. He had asthma. Like he had symptoms. I'm like, holy shit, that's crazy. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's truly dangerous for the people like with the pre-existing conditions. Mm-hmm. That's that's awful. And I know, I've known at least two people within our age range that I'm close with that have gotten COVID. I'm like, damn. We know a few people now ourselves that have mm-hmm. COVID, and it's becoming a more real and real thing. And then Cole talks about how he had it, or like he thinks uh, he had it back I, in January. Yeah, you know, a lot of people. If like, what the symptoms are, it seems know, it like seems I like might have, yeah. Definitely. But, you know, who knows? And, and no one was testing then. No yeah. one's testing them and like how much information do they give us that's actually real credible information? Yeah, I feel that. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's all whatever reality they want us to see. Whatever reality they want us to see. And that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. Like if we have to function like I guess that's a big question. How do you be happy in the matrix? Like because if they're controlling it and we know they're controlling it, what do we do? Do you feel that need to like go against it, or or are you a tunnel vision person? I, I think some people are perfectly okay like seeing it and just minding their own, but I yeah. I don't get that. That's I think you. there's a middle yeah. ground that you gotta find. There's some. I think you gotta be semi like a chameleon on it. Mm-hmm. If we're going strictly based off like the movie, like when the Matrix realizes someone like can read the code or that they're going against it automatically. And I think that's what's happened to a lot of like black conscious people is they got knowledge and then they automatically justify justifiably wanted to go against it and then got shut down by a system. No individual is stronger than the entire system. You can inspire to break a system, but you need more than one person to stop a system. So I don't know. I think uh I'm learning from it to be able to fight against it, okay. strategically. That's well put. Yeah. You were telling me that you were going to start making uh, some shields. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. I was su- I'm super hyped for that. I was even I'm, more hyped for that. Would you mind breaking that down a little bit? Yeah, yeah it would be great. <laughs> no, like, if gun sales... How great would a shield have been last night in Wisconsin? Like, holy shit. Like, yeah, that yeah. video was Yeah, crazy. that's exactly what, that situation is exactly that's what we were talking about shield. last week. Yeah. 
in Polish. There were so many aspects of that video that blew my mind. But the, I don't know, a shield is helpful just because, for many reasons, everybody, I've seen like from babies at protests to old people at protests, there's nothing wrong with going to defend yourself. Cops shouldn't harass you for that. Like, what are you gonna do? Hurt somebody with a shield, you're not Captain America. But, so yeah, I think shields would be helpful. I would love to be able to contribute back to the people. Like, I know why I feel like bringing up movies right now. If Killmonger would have invested in like self-defense gear for black people, I think Wakanda would have been all over that shit. But Killmonger mm -hmm. wanted to invest in weapons, weapons so they could take over. There's nothing wrong with self-defense. Right. There's nothing wrong with being so strong that they can't hurt you. And that's all I want, is people to be able to be strong enough where the government realizes you have to listen to us, you can't hurt us. Not because we're more violent than you, but just because uh, we can protect ourselves. We're here, yeah. That's so beautiful, man. That's, that's sure. a cool thing to want to do. Yeah, I know. That's a really and no cool one's thing thinking to, No one's angle. thinking like that because, like, I think everybody's gut reaction is going to be to to fight back. But for you to be able to be conscious enough to be like, actually, no, like we're here and we really don't stand for that. Like that's so cool. That's Eventually, so cool. run out of bullets. That's right. Shields, Shields stay forever. Forever. <laughs> Shields forever. Shields forever. Coming 2021. Mm. So yeah, I was super hyped to get started on that, but you know, classes are now online. So my it's welding good. has been. It's going to be hard to do that metalworking class. How is that going to work? Yo, it's wild. I don't even know. I have no clue. Don't you get a kill metal? Like at your house now, like just using the fireplace, yeah, and Lord of the Rings or some shit. So we just in the house making <laughs> shirt off. Your mom comes in, be like, what hot you irons do? and shit. Mom, you want a shield? <laughs> we'll be here for fourteen hours. Jump on in. Yeah. Uh, nah, but it's weird having. It's so weird having that. We're talking about these shields now, but a lot of the. Um, one of the organizers in New York just put on his social media page yesterday, like his link that he uses to get a bulletproof vest. And that's immediately after what happened yesterday. Yeah. And it's like, it's what happened yesterday was fucked up in so many ways and I'm so happy he's alive. But my first reaction when I heard it was to try to run back to New York. And at that point it's already too late and I don't want to be reactionary. I would like to already be prepared for something. So. Would have been cool to be able to get those popping. Not that they're not going to. They just right. they won't be through school education. Some other method. It's if you were talking about like, well, I think last week when we were hanging, the need for like protective gear. Like mm -hmm. it really seems like the bulletproof vest is gonna. If you're gonna go out and be a protester and stand up for what you believe in, like you might need that too. Definitely. Like that's such a scary reality. But unfortunately, like an average, a decent bulletproof restaurant's like five hundred dollars. That's unbelievable. So activists don't really have that kind of money. Yeah. Where the police, they have an entire military budget where they get to buy Billions. whatever. Like within these last two months, they've upgraded their body cams, their gear, like everything. And they have $6 trillion for that budget. And that's just in New York. 
Six trillion dollars for your police department. That's sickening. So yeah, your homeless rate what is are they, through the roof. Yeah, what are they giving to like help people? They don't invest in communities. They don't go back to schools. They, it's so flipped. It's like it, it's almost intentional. Like this is what they want to have happen. Awesome. That's what it seems like. Because like any capable thinking person would think like invest in the community and that will thrive. Like that's just common sense to me. I don't yeah, know. but police were made out of a fear response. So institutionally, they are a fear-based like institution. So they can't be helped. Like striking your enemy first, but like they never struck you. What was your your experience with the cops like when you were up in New York? It was a mixed bag, honestly. 98% fucking assholes. 98% ain't shit, and not because they're not shit as a person, just because they sit by and let that system dictate what they do. Like, you can be... You're a pretty shitty person if you know the right thing and you still do the wrong thing. But, uh... You saw a lot of them, there was a range of really amped up, hyped, ready to go, bust some heads, to this makes me uncomfortable, but this is my job and I have to do it, to a couple of them broke down crying, but it just depends on where you were, and there were so many of them constantly, so it's hard to get that real range. But the cop, I had two cops arrest me, they were, as far as cops go, they were chill. Uh, we talked, they took me to the van, took my information down, stayed in jail for about eight hours that day, talked to everyone in there, uh, made connections, had to talk to the cops to make sure they were feeding people because they didn't feed anybody for like the X amount of time that they had to. Um, making sure the cops stayed because a few of them tried to leave and if you're in jail under that arrest You can't leave until your officers there with you like you have to leave with your arresting officer So if they leave you're stuck and Then uh, afterwards my arresting officer was a black dude He talked asked me how my day was chatted as we were walking out And I was like you're probably gonna give me some like now don't do this again stuff And he was like no man keep doing this the black cop was like, I appreciate that. He's like, that's really cool. Do what you have to, man. So, you know, so. That's beautiful. That's really cool. Yeah. It's wild. How did, how did that reflect itself in your art? Oh, man, that... The last few weeks since I've been back, there's been a lot of like going through my images and actually processing what happened. Because I don't think you really catch it while you're doing it. Like, you gotta go back. Like, I can be shooting something. If I didn't look at it, someone asked me what I was shooting, I have no idea what the fuck I took pictures of. But it's that going back and like digesting, like, oh shit, that did happen. Um, so yeah, it was that I felt added a lot of depth to my photography. Because there's a clear structure and aesthetic to what my photography was before New York and what it is now. And I feel like before, it may have been lacking purpose or substance, and now I feel like it has purpose that matches the aesthetic, if that makes sense. So yeah, New York definitely improved and transcended my photography. It was a transformative experience, you know.
I still can't wait to see everything. Yeah. Well, I know you've got a, a little bit planned. I don't know if you want to bring it up, but you're welcome to talk about no, any projects. Anything that you want. Uh, let's see. I've been right now just trying to get my images out there. So I've submitted to five grants so far since I got back, uh, international and local. I've heard back from one of them so far. Uh, I got that one. So one of my pieces are going to be featured at the Greenville Museum of Art. Uh, they're going to print it out about like 12 feet big so everyone can like see it as they're with them eye because uh, the museum's closed. You can't go in it. So. Nice Do you know when that goes up? Uh, the month of September. So it'll be great to have that piece nice. featured there. Uh, it's my main centerpiece and the day I was arrested too, so I'm very happy about that one. Um, the rest is waiting to hear back from those. Uh, hopefully, if I end up winning those, that recognition and the money will give me some funds to get back to New York, maybe do a part two, follow up on everything that's happening. Um, they're also supposed to be going to D.C. end of this month. So when you, it would be nice to be able to get down to DC, meet up with the organizers of New York, see how everyone's been doing. Um, yeah, when I got back, the grants were my biggest thing, trying to make sure I could like immediately put out what I had. And now I have like me time. I'm working on a personal project, a comic book called Gaia. Okay. Uh, it's pretty chill, but it like depicts different social justice situations around the world. Um, gives you the issue, gives you someone that's actually personally working with it, and then gives you resources that you can contact if you want to be part of it. So, like, yeah. It's that's great. great. Combining the entertainment into the activism. Well, yeah, like you guys were saying earlier, like, the, f the youth is the future. Uh -huh. And I know one of the main things that helped me learn when I was younger comics, I thought they were really ill, super cheap. Like, I never had to worry about if I could afford a comic. Mm -hmm. And people weren't scared about it. So yeah, um, the comic would be called Gaia. And like, so right now this is the online format that I'm working with. And then I'm reaching out to illustrators and then have them illustrate it. But this would be the cover. So I'm making a comic strip. A lot of white with Gaia, that blue. Open out with a poem from a Minneapolis artist. And each place will let you know where we are. Uh, there'll be the intro talking about what the comic does. And then we'll have our first story. So the first story starts off in New Delhi, India, at an orphanage. Uh, you have the child's background, some information on India, and then like it would go the interview process with them, and it would be talking about what happened. So like this child has osteogenesis imperfecta. Uh, he's actually sixteen, but that's how his body looks. And he's a genius. He excels at math, science, art, uh, everything. So just getting a chance to talk to him, ask him his outlook on the world and how he wants to benefit the world and make it a better place. And his perspective was incredible to be in a better world country and these orphans having such a positive outlook on life and what they want to do through my life. So then just pairing these interviews with the images that I have and having an illustrator illustrate them in a comic book format. And then the next, so the first one will be COVID. And then the next, no, the first one will be Sumet. The next one will be COVID. And we'll be in New York City talking about COVID. And there'll be like COVID facts here. Some of the, the uh, 
ways people are helping in New York. That's such a cool idea. We talk about how New York went on lockdown and to stop COVID, and then it would be illustrations of like these major places just empty and vacant. So I'm giving the illustrators my photography and they would just illustrate yeah. that. Um, and then the next section of this first issue would be Frontline Heroes. I interviewed one of the nurses that uh, came from Texas all the way to New York. And this is kind of what I've been building my social media around the last few months. I've been dropping these images. Uh -huh. I recognize a few. Just so people, when this does release, they'll have something to tie it back to and they'll know. Um, then out here there will be like a bio of business and artists and then we go from COVID and it goes in a little bit of a timeline. We'll go to the murderer of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and then that will take us to the protest images that I would like them to illustrate of like the protests that have been happening and we'll just take it through it as a comic book timeline. And then after finishing up with this kind of stuff. The protest would be the last, the climax of this issue with what people are doing. And then we would, oh, actually, no, this would be the climax of this issue. So this is also the protest. And this is the piece that got picked up by the Museum of Fine Art, too. Okay. And it would go from this. That would be a centerfold in the comic that you could pull out, like, comic tag and oh. have it on your wall. And then it takes you through this scene. It's that whole engagement. And then after I was arrested, I was able to meet these people. So then they were comfortable enough meeting up with me and interviewing afterwards and let me take their portrait. And so did, be, did any of them get arrested with you? Yes. So okay. we were in jail together. We were in jail together. She was in homicide. We were, no, he got away. He didn't get arrested that day. We were in jail together. His girl was on the other side. He didn't get arrested that day, but he was there. And then the last thing will be how you can get involved. Here we'll have different volunteer resources if you want to volunteer. Here we'll have different places you can donate if you want to donate. This will show different teachings happening if you want to teach. And that will be the end of it. So yeah, that's what I'm working on this semester, having a rough draft of, and then hopefully using that to make a series of comics that are always constantly happening and addressing what's happening throughout the world. What was your time like when you were in India? Like, I know you had just touched on it, but like, what year did that you go to India? India was 2017, 2018, 2017, yeah. Uh, yeah, India was incredible. It was probably what got me on the whole path of like using my art for advocacy. Spent some time there after leaving Australia and it just really humbled me to live in an orphanage for over a month, seeing these taking to school every day, seeing them play in like tsunami rain weather, just happy as could be, riding motorcycles through villages, like yeah, India blew my mind. Smoking every day. <laughs> it was pretty late. And were you there for a year, a month? No, I was there for a little over a month in India. What was, like, was Sumet, um, like, the most inspirational story you heard when you were there? Definitely, by far. Um, Sumet is a brilliant person. All the children were great and unique in their own ways. Mm -hmm. uh, but Sumet has a harder time 
than most people. And the fact that he perseveres with that with such positive positivity and pride and a little bit of cockiness is wonderful. Uh, so yeah, it was great having someone there to bounce ideas off of, talk with. We'd play chess all the time, just talk about ideas and how we thought the world should work in philosophy. And he was 16 at the time? Uh, he was four, 15 at the time. Okay. So he's about 18 now. You still talk to him? Yeah, I talk to him every day. He said his online classes were delayed by two months. What What are some other places that you have visited throughout your your life so far that have intrigued you? Italy was awesome. Definitely had a great impact on me. Just the amount of freedom that they have for being who they want to be there. Feels like here in America, we have to put on some sort of mask or front to what we want, who we should be. Italy. Italians are very open about what they want. They don't hold it back. I thought that passion was lit. Mm -hmm. Naps in the middle of the day, wine in the middle of the day, good times. Like, Acceptable. Just Acceptable. Living yeah. See, look, <laughs> spiritual naps. They do it everywhere. Yeah. I took one today. Yeah, oh, naps are amazing. I took a nap today. I think more people should take naps. You would be mad happy. Like, I gotta agree with you. I feel amazing after a nap. It can feel like a whole new day sometimes. It really does. Uh, I try to get a nap in every day. Uh, you should just strive to, to, like, to do that, brother. <laughs> what were you doing when you were over over there in Italy? Oh, learning photography, actually. What? Yeah, yeah. Is that uh, when it started? That's when it started. It started uh, two years ago. What, what? camera? <laughs> <laughs> yeah! <laughs> What camera? Yeah, what camera you start out with? Uh, Rebel T6. Oh, okay. what a beautiful we model. We have to explain, explain what that means it's to It's just a, a small bit. little not full body uh, Canon. Small body? Yeah. Okay. It's not a full frame camera. It doesn't, it can't yeah. handle everything. What lens? Uh, <laughs> you start I had with? a kit lens. I just had the basic uh, kit. Just the basic? Like, yeah. Just glass. Did you like that you started out with just kind of like that yeah, yeah. I what you had. I wanted to start out that way. I tried to start out with like the most basic thing ever and like learn from there. And like, I was like, okay, if I can learn from here and I still like it, then I'll invest more into it. But I don't want to be like hyped about it, invest all this money and then like fall off. Or I don't want to think that I'm good because I have a really expensive camera right away. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know, you guys, like, I'm not sure if you guys remember when we first met, but like I was working with like, the DIY, uh, DIY, um, like flash ring and like all this hokey, like clunky stuff. It looked like, very professional. Yeah. yeah. Bro, <laughs> whenever we first saw you, we we were playing down in Greenville, down at, uh, what was that, Pirates yeah, Fest? Pirate Fest. Pirate Fest. And we saw you, like, you... You just did stuff that normal photographers did not do at any of our shows. You were just like, yo, can, can I go up there, 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 up there? And we were just like, yeah. wherever you want to go, bro. Like, I just <laughs> free spirit. You. I just was playing and I noticed you popping around, getting these cool angles. And I was like, this dude is really sick. And then John, I guess, ran into you and started talking, oh, talking to you a little bit. Yeah. And then that's how... Our, our whole relationship started there. Yeah, yeah. I just we got smoked. back from Italy. <laughs> it was lit. So, like, how, like, how, um, how much time before had, like, you gotten back? Like, 
like probably a couple days. Wow. Probably, yeah. This is wild. I got like a couple days and I didn't know anything going on or what the scene was. So I Googled what was happening. They're like, oh, Pirate Fest was happening. Was that like your first event back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knew? That's yeah. cool. I didn't know that's really cool. That's so cool. It is. The world be working, man. Yeah, it does. The, the breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs everywhere. Because oh, from then after that, like, we, just, we, we went up to Raleigh together. Yeah, because, like, we met then, and it was summer. So we just started doing work all summer. Like, yeah, because it was just when the seniors had graduated, so May, like, early May. Yeah. And it was right when we were running with that project. Yeah, so we had like all the, we, yeah. all the excitement about just like let's get together and create we, some stuff. We went to Raleigh. We did so many shoots. The downtown shoots were really good. Mm-hmm. But like the time the has just flown by. It feels crazy like, fast. It, but like, our relationship has only gotten stronger, and the time is just flown by but we've gotten stronger at every day yeah it's like they gave us steroids or something <laughs> yeah. can't stop going forward that's a great thing yeah yeah and i can just feel everybody's energy like it, it's starting to feel like last july again mm-hmm. uh, like everybody's getting excited about whatever creative stuff they have going on right now and it's yeah I'll everyone that we've talked to they have something exciting coming. Like, no one has used this quarantine, like in a in like a negative way. Yeah. Yeah. They've used it to their full advantage. I dig that. Things are around the right people. Yeah. yeah. I know. I feel that every day. <laughs> Scary that like, the circle, like it keeps on adding, but there's not a bad apple inside mm-hmm. the bunch. Yeah. Everyone is motivated. They have their head on straight. Like. They know what they want to get done. And even through like a quarantine, a pandemic, still using that as fuel to out there to pursue their dreams. Oh, yeah. And that shit's beautiful. I think that's the beauty of America, though. Like, it's never been this ideal, at least for people of color, it's never been like this ideal situation where everything works out and it's a happy ending. You gotta do some struggle. That struggle makes success. And I feel like everyone is finally feeling that struggle. So it's either breeding success or contentment for the situation. And it's really either or. I don't see a lot of in-betweens. Nice. Like people literally have just rolled over and just like accepted what's going on. They're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, it's either you're with the program or you're not. Uh, they just like, turn yeah. off the whole entire television. I'm just like, tune in. Like... <laughs> Today. Time to tap in. Today, Junior. Junior? Veronica so hot. Want to touch the hiney. We got that's the auto tune section. We have an auto tune part of the interview, and that's right there. I love Billy Madison, man. That shit's hilarious. Adam Sandler was just such a good actor. He was. Uncut Gems was really interesting. I I liked it. I haven't liked a lot of his newer stuff. Okay. Like he did that thing where he played himself in like like three of themselves, like some Eddie Murphy kind of stuff, and I'm like, oh, I didn't like that. 
dude, dude that was at the Jack and Jill. I didn't watch mm-hmm, that, that one. Yeah. That one looked like I didn't want to watch it. Uncut Gems, though. What is it? That one Uncut was sick. Gems. Yeah, what that one was stuff? really good. Is uh, it on something or that? It's on Netflix. Okay. He's in the jewelry game? Yeah. No. It's, a it cra- it's a worth the watch. It's a crazy it's movie. A, it, it, it's really long, but if I like, you stay connected to it, at like at the end, you're just like, what the fuck? No, I got time. We all got time. <laughs> we got tons yeah, of it. We, we sat through the fucking Tiger King for two weeks of fucking yeah, quarantine at like the beginning. Remember so, that. So my uncle was like, just watch one episode. And I watched one episode and I was so disgusted. I was like, hey, I can't do this. It hurts my soul. I watched one and I stayed there the whole the rest of the really? evening. Nice. Yeah. I did not leave the couch. No. I said, this man is entertaining. <laughs> this man is, yeah. I think the first time I tried to watch it, I made it through like an episode and a half. Nice. And then I, I got... Oh, I think I ended up finishing it. Though. I was there the whole way. I could stomach yeah. it the second time. Is it still on Netflix? I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm not sure. It's weird how they take shit off Netflix. Like they might be. Too it's there for like Netflix. two months, and then like, it goes through its wave, and then they're just like, okay. I need them to stop playing and just unlock all of Netflix. Like, it's weird that different regions get to watch different shit. It's like. Do you mean region like regions within? Uh, Our country or just different countries? Different countries. Yeah. That's interesting. I wonder how all the licensing and stuff mm-hmm. like shakes out. Because I'm sure it's just like different companies making deals. Like, hey, we'll give you these shows for like three months for some reason. It often feels very arbitrary to me. Oh, fuck. Oh, you're right. How are you guys feeling around as far as everything? Shows that haven't been had that might be had? Positive. Positive, mm-hmm. certainly in a limbo, in in between a lot of things, a lot of opportunities like bubbling and ideas, and we have time to like put energy towards them and see what's gonna like what what's gonna work if we ever get to open back up. Yes. And whenever that does happen, it looks like we like it looks like we've been perfecting it instead of just throwing it together mm-hmm. all the way. And so people just have something that they can come to as soon as the gates open. You want to be that first thing. Yeah, like like imagine imagine the mall opening like on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. I want to be the number one store with all like the new stuff. I want them to come to our store as soon as the those doors open at fucking midnight. Whenever that is, like we we took control of the venue. Like we can just go outside now. Thanks. We got. The studio's under wraps, and I'm working again. Just taking control and making sure that we're going to be able to do whatever we want to do. It's been, it's been cool. Mixing mediums, too. That's yeah. been a big thing. You know, I like what you guys are working with with these effects. Yeah. Did Was the projector on when you it got was, in? Yeah. yeah, just mixing everything together to try and cultivate like a whole feeling whole world that you can live in if you come to the live concert just really set a a great escape a real great escape like the world is so stressful as is if like we can give you three hours where like you don't have to think about it by all means it's worth a $15 ticket no I think that's where everyone's at well I think that's where people need to be at right now because it's like you guys are doing is creating something new so when things do open up you are that fresh face and i think a lot of people are going to try to like 
fall on what they already had. And that's not where it's going to be. When we open up. Whenever we pick back up, you can't be where, like, we left off. Exactly. Like, you would look stupid if you came back. (laughs) They'd be like, like, (laughs) what the hell you been doing (laughs) out here, people? It's been half a year. Where have you been? (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a totally different thing if we get to do another show in the next, like, three months. A whole different feeling than what our last show was. That's what everyone has to do. The same skeleton, but... I think it's a step closer to what the actual vision of the show is. Like, I think we got it right when we did that thing at 108. Mm-hmm. Frank that show. was so perfect. That was amazing. That was a, a, such a cool experience. I feel like we got it right, but then because of COVID and because of everything shutting down, we've gotten to stew on like what, what could have been cooler. Yeah. These lights are gonna be a big factor. Those lights are fine. This projector is going to be a factor. Fog machine. Pucks. We still got... Four new months of quarantine-inspired music to just... And everybody's got cool projects that they're all excited about. There's at least ten projects between the whole family. There's, like, ten projects in, like, the next six months. That's good. That's perfect. That's how it should be. And... Because if once we release as a unit... Like flood the market be helping each other because mm-hmm. everyone's hella talented there's no there's no discussion about that like this is the dream team this this is 92 baby this is 92 like i'm Dude. telling you yeah i had to think about that the other day put my ego aside for a second and realize that talent's not a bad thing like, every time like someone tells i hear people tell artists and especially when i hear it to myself and people say like, you're so talented my mind, I'm like, I did work though. <laughs> it's not like that just yeah. came out my ass. I I feel that a lot. Like the craftsman in, in me is like, no, like I. Like, this I put is, hours this is like, <laughs> I put, I put so much thought into every decision about this. Like talent, what do you mean? But like also, I understand the sentiment that that means. Like I I feel you. But no, and then like so yeah, that hit me, and then. I heard back from the museum and they told me that they accepted my piece and I won. And I was like, oh fuck, I am talented. <laughs> Do you give yourself, like, like I, I, it's not healthy, but like I, I get a little negative with myself. Like it is like, oh, oh fuck, like shit, like I actually am. Like, I try to be Almost a disappointment super, thing, but like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't try to be super negative on myself, but I do try to be like, the hardest critic on myself. Mm-hmm. Like, just because ultimately, like, who else is going to push you harder than you? Like, for exactly. No one. Without <laughs> wanting like something. Michael Jordan. Right? Except for Michael Jordan. But, like, with, without wanting anything in return. Like, you push yourself because it's within your own best interest. Right. When someone else is pushing me, I'm like, what do you want? Like, what is your interest in this game? So, like, it's harder for mm-hmm. me to get motivated by someone else pushing me than me. So I have to be the stickler on myself. Like, okay. oh, dude, what do you do? You have anything that you do to keep being that stickler on yourself, to keep pushing yourself and doubling yeah. down? Yeah, I write it. Like I have my stuff written all over my room and reinforced. I have like three different calendars. I have this calendar, and then I have one on my bed, and then I have a jumbo calendar, and then I have the one on my phone. So you still I, have the wall. Mm-hmm. And I have the wall, so like all my stuff is 
the idea is that if I'm constantly seeing it and thinking about it, like my weights and stuff like that, that even if I don't hit it all the time, eventually the goal is I'll do it more often than I don't do it. Mm -hmm. So it should be some form of progress, even if it's the smallest thing. If you're totally negative, in my face. Time, it's mental time on task. Mm -hmm. yeah. You have to be hard on yourself. Maybe. I think to get good, you definitely do. Yeah. Like if you actually want to succeed and like exceed other people's expectations of what you can do with something, like you have to be hard on yourself no, to but... push. What is advice that like you would have for any new, new photographer or like artist? Like, what kind of mindset, like, what kind of drive, like, you need, like, did, did anyone starting out just like you were when, when you started? Think of your art form as a lifetime endeavor. I didn't start photography thinking that, okay, I'm going to get really good at this in six months, or I'm going to check in at this time. I thought about it as, like, if I start now, time is going to pass regardless when I check back in and I need, realize that time has passed, what will I have accomplished? So that's the thing that I think pushed me the most with photography, was just trying to figure out like, time's gonna pass anyway, how can I integrate this into my life? So it just seems like it's as easy as breathing. But the first thing was like, I would leave the house sometimes and not have my camera, and then there'd be a good shot and they'd probably have my camera. So the person was like, okay. Make sure you always have your camera on you. Then figure out how to get information, running from different sources, running from different uh, teachers, and mm -hmm. just, I don't know, different photographers. So yeah, that was a big one. And even in New York, I was reaching out to photographers that I thought were above me to ask them for help and to critique what I had already shot so I could try to progress while I was there. And are they accepting and willing to work with you? And um, hit and miss. Uh, I think they are invested into as much as a stranger as anyone would. Uh, so I definitely got like a back and forth with one of them. But I think when I wasn't willing to open up on a deeper level or that level that they were trying to get to where they're at with their art, it shut down the conversation. Okay. So, so you know, you don't. You know, sync up with everyone, but it was yeah. great to actually have someone ask me certain questions and like me really think about, okay, what is that? What is my intention with this? What do I want my audience to feel? Why am I taking this picture? Do you ever plan on maybe teaching or like mentoring someone? Personally, no, but that's just because I'm selfish like that. I don't like the idea of being a mentor or a role model with someone just because. I think it like projects maybe a false sense of who I am in someone's head. And I don't want to them to feel like I disappointed them for me living my life. So maybe when I'm older and wiser, I'm like, it's not all about me. <laughs> yeah. do, do you have, so if like we're looking at like the, the grand scheme of things and, and, and like the big picture, do like you have an overall like mission statement or like mission goal that like you stick to in, in inside of your life and like your everyday life? Not really. I wish I did. Um, I've reread re like my artistic mission statement over the last few years as I've grown, and then checked out previous journals that I've written. I think that's a big thing. 
documenting who we are in the moment. That way we can look back and see, like, compare and contrast where we've grown. I think the thing that just drives me the most is progression. As hard as I am on myself, knowing that every day I'm trying to progress, it may not be as big as it was the day before, and it may fall off at some point, but knowing that it's okay to fall off as long as I can get back on there at one point or another. Staying along for the journey, but remaining a student along the way. Exactly. Trying yeah. We're always changing. It's, yeah. It's really a journey, and that's a life thing, too. Like life that, if you can bring that mentality into it. The marathon continues. And that's the thing. It's a marathon. That's yeah. word to Nipsey. Yeah. <laughs> word to Nipsey. Yeah. yeah. Best ways to contact you if anyone wants to get involved with anything like you're doing that they heard about today or just to schedule mm -hmm. shoots with you. What's the um, best way? I'm mad active on my Instagram. Uh, you can hit me up on that at Imani Cray Cray, I-M-A-N-I-C-R-A-Y-C-R-A-Y, or Imani McCray. Um, but yeah, all the sources of contact me are on there. You can get through me through my site, Facebook, Google, however. Uh, but yeah, pretty responsive. You have a website? I do have a website. Uh, it's Faith, the letters N-A, and then darkroom.com. Faithinadarkroom.com. Gentlemen, I appreciate you over the yeah. last couple of years, everything that we've done. Yeah, it's been such, it's such a joy getting to know you as a friend, as an artist. As I feel like we're always learning something too, like some, something new about you or something new with you. And yeah, it's always fun. Thank you for coming and talking to us on our little show. Thank no, you for yeah. being here. This has been Small Talks. Small, small Talks. talks.